0: We walk on stage, the assumption that we were, quote, drag queens versus we were trans women really kind of drew a line. It seemed like we did every
1: pride and we played yeah. venues and bars and clubs. We rocked.
0: Now it seems like our community is completely well
2: under siege. I kind of envision being dragged into jail and me yelling out, but I'm not a drag queen. I'm not a drag queen. <laughs>
3: The International LGBTQ Radio Magazine. I'm Lucia Chappelle. Britain's NHS cuts pediatric gender affirming care. Iceland outlaws conversion therapy. And pucker up for a lipstick conspiracy reunion. Those stories and more this week because you've discovered this way out.
4: I'm Wenzel Jones.
5: And I'm Nico Raquel.
4: With News Wrap, a summary of some of the news inter-affecting LGBTQ communities around the world for the week ending June 17, 2023. The United Kingdom's conservative Tory government offered good news and bad news this week. We'll start with the bad news. Britain's National Health Service announced on June 9 that trans young people's access to gender-affirming therapies will be drastically cut. An NHS statement says... Outside of a research setting, puberty-suppressing hormones should not be routinely commissioned for children and adolescents. The agency claims that more evidence is needed about the benefits and potential harms of puberty blockers on patients under the age of 18. Demand for the drug's far exceeding supply in the U.K. has seemingly contributed to the policy change. Puberty blockers prescribed to help treat gender dysphoria are widely available in other countries, including the United States the NHS described the policy change as interim. The new policy was quickly condemned by Stonewall, one of the UK's major queer rights groups. They said, this cannot be right. Transgender questioning children and young people in the UK deserve the best possible standard of care from well-qualified, effective, and compassionate professionals. And they deserve to get that care in a timely manner. The new policy is set to take effect later this year. In the interim, health care providers can still offer puberty blockers to transgender young people under the age of 18 if they can find them.
5: The good news from Britain is that women who were convicted for having lesbian sex can now apply for a formal pardon. The Home Office announced an expansion of efforts to erase convictions for now legal same-gender sex that began more than a decade ago. Members of the armed forces who were convicted under military anti-queer sex laws can also now seek pardons. Men can also apply for pardons if they were found guilty of solicitation by men, also known as flirting. Deputy Chief Executive Rob Cookson of the LGBT Foundation lauded the expansion, saying, People should never be criminalized simply for who they are and who they love.
4: Iceland has joined the growing list of nations to outlaw conversion therapy. Parliament approved the legislation on June 9th with a vote of 53 in favor and three abstentions. One of the Nordic country's leading queer rights groups applauded the vote. Samtukin 78 said, There is no cure for being gay and any attempt to do so is violence. The claim that sexual orientation or gender identity can be changed through counseling and prayer has been medically discredited. Not all national laws banning conversion therapy include transgender people, but Iceland's does. Countries that ban at least sexual orientation-based conversion therapy include Brazil, Canada, Cyprus, Ecuador, France, Germany, Malta, New Zealand, and Spain.
5: Trans Australians in the state of Queensland can now change the legal gender and name on their birth certificates without having to undergo reassignment surgery. The state parliament approved laws on June 14th that allow adults to legally change their gender on government documents without surgery. People 16 to 18 years old can change their gender with a supporting statement by an adult they've known for at least a year. Trans young people 12 to 15 years of age can also make the changes with parental permission and court approval. The legislation also allows same gender and gender diverse parents to be listed as mother, father or, simply, parent on their offspring's birth certificate. Trans advocacy group Transcend Australia said the reforms will have an enormous impact on the lives of trans, non-binary, and gender-diverse young people and their families for years to come. The surgery prerequisite for trans people to legally change gender and name has already been removed in other jurisdictions down under, including the Australian Capital Territory, North Territory, South Australia, Tasmania, and Victoria.
4: Bodily autonomy has also taken a step forward in Australia. The government of the Australian Capital Territory has become the first in the nation to enact laws that protect intersex people from medical procedures without their consent. Vic Frazier of the advocacy group Agenda Agenda expressed their appreciation for the trailblazing move. They said children born with innate variations of sex characteristics should be able to make their own decisions about their own bodies based on individual values and in accordance with human rights. Parents of intersex infants will receive treatment advice about variations in sex characteristics from panels of experts including doctors, ethicists, human rights, and psychosocial advocates. The panels will include at least one intersex person. Anna Brown of the national advocacy group Equality Australia joined the celebration, saying, It's now time for the rest of the country to commit to protecting future generations of intersex Australians from medical procedures that can be deferred until they're old enough to decide for themselves.
5: Governor Katie Hobbs of the U.S. state of Arizona says she intends to reject every discriminatory act that reaches her desk If it restricts the rights of LGBTQ people or aims to attack and harm children. That's what she did on June 8th when she vetoed a bill that would force trans students to use sex segregated campus facilities based only on their birth certificate gender. Republicans passed the measure with their majority in the legislature, but do not have enough votes to override Democrat Hobbs' veto.
4: The Texas ban on transgender girls and women competing in kindergarten to 12th grade school sports now covers college and universities. Republican Governor Greg Abbott signed the expansion of the law this week. Trans women do not exactly dominate women's sports, and scientific studies have concluded that they have no competitive advantage. However, Abbott claimed during the signing ceremony, women's sports are being threatened. Some women are being forced to compete against biological men. The new law is scheduled to take effect on September 1st. It's likely to face a constitutional challenge before then.
5: Illinois is now the first U.S. state to ban book bans. Governor J.B. Pritzker signed a bill on June 12th that denies state government funding to public libraries if they restrict access to materials because of partisan or doctrinal disapproval. The measure passed along party lines in the democratically controlled Illinois legislature. Beginning January 1st, public libraries and library systems will be required to adopt the American Library Association's Library Bill of Rights. It says materials should not be excluded because of the origin, background, or views of those contributing to their creation. The favorite target of would be book burners are stories about or by LGBTQ people and people of color. Even classics like To Kill a Mockingbird have been removed from library shelves after just one complaint. Ahead of signing the bill, Pritzker said, Book bans are about censorship, marginalizing people, marginalizing ideas and facts. Regimes ban books, not democracies.
4: Finally, LGBTQ and non-binary performers made the annual Tony Awards ceremony even more queer than usual on June 11th. Out actress Ariana DeBose hosted with panache for the second year in a row, live and unscripted this time due to the ongoing Writers Guild of America strike. Gay former Will & Grace co-star Sean Hayes took home the Tony for Best Performance by an Actor in a Leading Role in a Play for Goodnight Oscar, a celebration of the life and times of the brilliant, multi-talented queer wit Oscar Levant. Two gay men took home Lifetime Achievement Awards. Joel Grey was honored for his wide-ranging career that exploded with Cabaret. That was one of the 15 musicals scored by John Kander, who was also awarded for his outstanding career. Non-binary performers made history. Glee alum Alex Newell won the Tony for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for their performance in Shucked, and J. Harrison G. was named Best Leading Actor in a Musical for their role in Some Like It Hot. But in many respects, the night belonged to the Best Direction of a Musical Award winner, Michael Arden. Reflecting the anti-Semitism theme from his revival of Parade, he denounced all forms of hate during his speech, including homo and transphobia. He tipped his hat, to our beautiful trans, non-binary, queer youth whose queerness makes you beautiful and powerful. However, the best part of Arden's speech was missing from the Tony TV broadcast on CBS because the network censored his reclaiming of the F word. Growing up, I was called the F word more times than I can remember. And all I can say now is I'm a with a Tony.
1: Keep raising your voices, standing up against intolerance of any kind, anywhere you see it. Keep loving and uplifting each other, standing up for each other, continue making challenging art, and vote every chance you get. And to Andy and Jay, I love you. Thank you. I can't wait to come home to you.
6: God bless you.
5: That's News wrap. global queer news with attitude. For the week ending June seventeenth, 2023, follow the news in your area and around the world. An informed community is a strong community.
4: News Wrap is written by Greg Gordon, edited by Lucia Chappelle, produced by Brian DeShazer, and brought to you by you.
5: Thank you. Help keep us in ears around the world at thiswayout.org, where you can also read the text of this newscast and much more. For This Way Out, I'm Nico Raquel. Stay healthy.
4: And I'm Wenzel Jones. Stay safe. Our listeners support This Way Out in many ways.
5: By subscribing to our e-newsletter,
4: email us at info@thiswayout.org, at
5: and through your financial contributions to our program. More information and a link to give
4: are online at thiswayout.org. Thank you.
6: This is John Cameron Mitchell, the writer-director of Hedvig the Angry Inch and Short Bus, and you're listening to This Way Out, the international weekly radio magazine for all our sexually diverse communities.
3: That's the music of the all-trans woman rock band Lipstick Conspiracy. They made their first mark on the U.S. West Coast in 2004 and toured for about six years. Now the nationwide epidemic of anti-trans fever is bringing them back together. From San Francisco, Eric Jansen of Out in the Bay Queer Radio and Podcast greeted their reunion.
6: Welcome, Serafina Maraschino, Shauna Love, and Marilyn Mitchell.
4: Nice to be here.
6: It is nice to be here. (laughs) (laughs) It's fitting that you wanted me to start out with a new version of your song, Call. We've only heard the intro music so far before the lyrics start, but each verse ends with the line but I've got to take this call. As I understand, um, Lipstick Conspiracy took a call from the West Hollywood Pride (laughs) Arts Festival asking you to reunite for an appearance there June 29th, and that call inspired you to get back together. So which one of you took that call? I took the call. Well, tell us about it, it, Marilyn. (laughs) I admit it. It was actually an email, I
2: think, initially, from a promoter down in L.A. who is, uh, I guess, in charge of putting together the... uh, a festival down in West Hollywood, a pride festival. And I was pretty shocked uh, by the email. And I quickly noted that we hadn't been together for a number of years. And um, he responded by just saying he was kind of insistent. And he just kind of said, uh, well, just try to get it together and get back to me. (laughs) She's right. He was persistent and was just like, OK, so what about, what about, and just
0: kept going. And that really forced us to really kind of talk about what we, our future, you know, I mean, it's easy to say, like, well, let's just do five songs or six songs. And then, you know, we'll try this again in 10 years. We actually decided to commit because okay. it was pretty obvious
6: right away that we were all pretty energized. I guess that's an excited. Yeah. Briefly, what was the heyday of Lipstick Conspiracy back in the you know, early 2000s? Um, like, did you tour a lot? Um, how many cities did you play in? That kind of thing. Just give the listeners a sense of what that was like. Oh my God. Go, for it. Anna, go for it. We go for it. rocked.
1: Like. <laughs> we rocked. We 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 did this thing called uh mini skirts and mini bars or something like that. And we went from I swear, from like as far as far south as Hollywood, San Diego and as far north is like uh Seattle. Seattle, uh Portland, uh Tacoma, way up there, and Eugene, Eugene yeah, yeah. yeah, West Coast mostly. Yeah, yeah. all over. Mm-hmm. And we too. did all—it seemed all like summers. we did every Pride— any weird well, around <laughs> that had oh a pride God. we we played them and we played yeah.
6: venues and bars and clubs and right it and, was pretty it was it was going on. Yeah. it was going on i yeah. remember seeing you once or twice back in the probably yeah. right. uh, must have been mid late yeah. 2000s um yeah. but uh, yeah and the music was like woo, driving i think this is a good time to play uh, one of your songs early songs that was uh, kind of one of the big songs for lipstick conspiracy just a girl and so let's play a little bit of that So tell us a little bit about your thoughts behind that song as you wrote it and the other two of you as you played it. Well, I guess
2: I can claim responsibility for that.
6: (laughs) Your name's on it.
2: (laughs) Um, You know, I, I knew as we started the group that we needed to write our own stuff. Sarah actually had most of the material early on, and I had been writing songs pretty much all my life. I think the lyrics are kind of reflective of where my head was at the time, just kind of like going through transition and um, a bit whimsical. But uh, it caught the the spirit of how I was feeling at the time. And I have to say also about this same time, I had seen Hedwig in the Angry Inch, not only the movie, but it also came to San Francisco as a play. And um, I did some volunteer work for that. It was kind of inspirational. Um, if anybody knows the storyline, I won't go into it, but it was inspirational for me to know that, wow, a connection between who you are as a transitioning woman to being able to play music also. And I go, whoa,
6: it just hit me really hard. Um you know, the lyrics in here are, you know, as, you, as we, we just heard some of it, some people ask me why I dress this way, a crazy drag queen, or perhaps you're gay, is there a point to all these fancy clothes, and uh, is there something you're trying to prove, and, you know, it's like, no, I'm just trying the bit to be the best girl I can be. And I'm curious about how that has changed from the mid, you know, like 2004 or five or whenever it was that you wrote this, to now, or almost 20 years later and we've had some advances, but we're certainly facing some troubles now. Serafina.
0: Well, I think uh, in, the early, in the early days, one of the things that was, we always tried to avoid the obvious. Uh, we were all musicians and uh, songwriters, and so the idea of actually, everybody knew we were trans, we knew that we were trans, and again, it was very obvious. Now it feels completely different, because we've all grown substantially, um, and now it feels more like I don't want to say I need to remind people, but I've gone through that. I also don't say anything um, for work purposes. I don't have to talk about it. And yet now, because it seems like our community is completely well under siege um, nationwide, it feels a lot different. And the idea of a song like Just a Girl in the early days was very much celebratory. You know, we're you know here we are, yay. <laughs> uh, and now it feels more like it's... Um, it almost seems frivolous and in the way of something when we're thinking survival, but yet that's exactly why its anthemic properties, I think, are critical because it really, is, it really is a reminder of how things were.
6: And did it feel like it was political then that just the very sheer act of you performing in public and obviously trans and build as a trans band in a different way than it would be now? Absolutely. Um,
0: in those days, we used to say things like when we were introducing. I always have to write the card as far as you know introducing you. What do you got to say? What do you got to say? And so we would introduce ourselves as uh, you know um, John Ashcroft's favorite band, who was of course the Attorney General in, in two thousand. Because it was just funny because the idea that something like John Ashcroft would even remotely know who we are, nobody would care. Um, but the idea of the you know the G-men, the bumbling you know Watergate uh, burglars, kind of chasing us around was kind of a nice image. We were smarter than them and so forth. <laughs> but uh, I had said in some interview that our very nature is political because when we walk on stage, the assumption that we were, quote, drag queens versus we were trans, trans women uh, really kind of drew a line and um, a good one. But um, now <laughs> we were talking at one point about if we actually went to Nashville, for example, and performed a gig, uh, we – It would definitely be political because it would be basically an act of resistance. We'd be arrested. Mm -hmm. And just talking about it and saying we should go to Nashville and perform
6: a gig, by definition, (laughs) is a conspiracy. Wait a minute. Is it illegal for trans people to perform or is it illegal for people to perform in drag? Well, that's exactly what would be the political act that would come out of all of that
0: as far as what does it even merely mean? Because I don't think in Tennessee they're going to say, no, no, no. They're legit. <laughs> the idea that <laughs> yeah. there isn't room for interpretation in there is exactly what makes this dangerous. Right. And to find that out while you're sitting, you know, in a Nashville jail trying to get your lawyer on the phone. Um, well it's that's 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 another
2: story, I guess. Mm-hmm. That's had so, yes. a wild image, of, you know. Being I kind of vision being dragged into jail and me yelling out, you know, I'm, i but I'm not a drag queen. I'm not a drag queen.
6: <laughs> 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 we may have to change the lyrics to just a girl after right. all. <laughs> um, so, is it time to play Locked Away? I think you,
0: so. You, yeah. yeah. Mm, what yeah. do you think,
1: Shauna? <laughs> sure.
0: Time for Shauna to do this some. Is yours?
1: I, I can't take 100% credit, but I birthed it. I, I could say that. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Let's hear it. say that.
6: First of all, who's singing theirs? Me. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I wondered if it might be you. Did you write most of it or all of it?
1: The concept, yes. Um, I just had this vision of, you know, trying to be yourself and how hard it is to be yourself, uh, trans or otherwise, uh, being young, being, uh, you know, trying to find your path and, and feeling like there's so many obstacles mm-hmm. and, and constantly. Just struggling, you know, to to find your way for trans, straight, or any or anything, you know. And I wanted to write something about that 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 spoke to that. And uh, Serafina being the wordsmith that she is, uh, I don't know. I, I, I seem to recall a little bit of pushback from her from some of the words that I had come up with. And uh, and she was like, "Can I help you with that?" And I was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And we sat down and we wrote mm-hmm. that, and like it seemed like. Fifteen minutes. Oh,
6: okay. <laughs> it just came. Oh, that's great! And,
1: yeah, we all sat down, you know, and, at Marilyn's house, and, and we wrote that at Marilyn's house in her living room, and it was amazing. Yeah.
6: So well, I'm just one of these verses I want to read somewhere upstairs until someone dares. Creaking boards that lead to yesterday, secrets and chests, memories laid to rest, and clocks that only tell time twice a day. What's the twice a day part about? It's a broken clock. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's an attic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Secrets
0: and chests. I mean, that can be the heart, uh, you know, right? Or in the yeah. attic, you know, yeah. Yeah. skeletons in the closet, kind of thing. Shauna, um, Shauna's metaphor was basically all about the, you know, attics and you know, dusts and cobwebs and creaking uh, stairs, and that mm-hmm. was what she was looking at. Like, this is something that's locked away, right,
6: right, right, mm-hmm. right, right. And
1: you know, we can either and shouldn't be and shouldn't be, yeah, mm-hmm. and shouldn't be. That's the whole thing. It's about your own identity and and your life mm-hmm. it should not be absolutely should not be locked away, but sometimes it is That's, I, I really so. like it <laughs> I, I, love,
0: I love playing that song I don't even sing at all
1: hmm. in this and I, well, I we really, gotta talk
0: about that I really enjoy
6: playing it so so let's go out with um, we'll go out with one song instead of our usual theme song um, you do times three is that did I say that right it's a quintessentially Shauna song in my opinion it's, it's brilliant thank you all so much for being here really appreciate it
0: thank
6: you so much absolutely I Serafina Maraschino, Shauna Love, and Marilyn Mitchell of the Reunited Lipstick Conspiracy will appear at the West Hollywood Pride Arts Fest June 29th. Hear our full interview with more music at outinthebay.org. From Out in the Bay Queer Radio and Podcast in San Francisco, I'm Eric Janssen for This Way Out. Friends,
4: all she wants is to change my point
1: of view
3: But all I want is you. The Anti-Homosexuality Act of 2023 is in force. Now what? LGBTI,
2: LGBTI.
4: What are we, 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 what are we? My family we? just me away from home. Because of being here, um, they wanted to kill me, and if they are identifiable as queer,
1: and if they've come from Uganda, those two things go together because that's pretty much the only reason yet you would be a refugee in Kenya from Uganda.:
3: Escaping Uganda next time on this way out. <laughs> Thanks for discovering This Way Out, brought to you by the nonprofit Overnight Productions. Wrap was reported this week by Wenzel Jones and Nico Raquel and produced by Brian DeShazer. Our thanks to outinthebay.org's Eric Jansen, his audio editor David Kwan, and to Barry McKay. Shade, John Cameron Mitchell, Lipstick Conspiracy, and talented Ugandan Kuchus performed some of the music you heard, and Kim Wilson composed and performed our theme music. This Way Out thanks John Beaupre and Richard Merck and Brad Payton of Silicon Valley. Listener donors make this program possible. Please join them. Thanks also to the Los Angeles Cannabis Providers MMD Shops for being a This Way Out Pride partner. Look for This Way Out Radio on social media. Email us at info at thiswayout.org or write to us at P.O. Box 1065, Los Angeles, California, 90078, USA. For coordinating producer Greg Gordon and all of us at This Way Out, I'm Lucia Chappelle. Thanks for listening online at thiswayout.org or wherever you get your podcasts. And on CHMA, Sackville, New Brunswick, WESU, Middletown, Connecticut, KRZA, Alamosa, Colorado, and a wide array of community terrestrial and internet radio stations around the world, including this one. Stay healthy, stay safe, and stay tuned, y'all.